0: They can't comprehend that kind of time frame for how long it takes to be able to get inside of highly secure systems. So once that happens, then you get. You get hooked on it, right? Once, once you've been able to hack a system, a real system, then there's a certain amount of addiction that takes place that you want. you. Then you start getting into it and finding different ways of doing it. And I think that, you know, that is one of those skills that we can't overlook. That is, you, you, you there are some areas and some, some disciplines where it's not that important, but in this area, it's key to being able to be a good hacker.
1: Hey everyone, David Bumble back with Occupy The Web. I've got a whole bunch of books here. These are the books that he's authored, well, some of these books, so Linux Basics for Hackers. Fantastic book if you wanna learn Linux from a hacking point of view. He's also written Getting Started, Becoming a Master Hacker. He's also written other books, which are hopefully coming out soon. And in a previous video, which I've linked below, he tells us or discusses the books that he recommends that you buy if you wanna get into hacking. Occupy the Web, welcome. Thanks, David, it's good to be here again. It's great to have you back in today's video you are going to be telling us the top skills that you recommend someone get if they want to become a hacker. Is that right?
0: Yes. I think uh, we're going to talk about some of the skills that they need and kind of the mindset as well. And so let's uh, let's talk about some of the, the the mindset, which I think oftentimes is overlooked in terms of, becoming a really good master hacker or a hacker in general. One of the things that is often overlooked is that to become a hacker, to be an effective hacker, you have to have analytical or problem-solving skills. Unlike some other disciplines where you you can basically follow a cookbook to be able to do the job to be able to uh, effectively become, say, a... I don't mean to pick on anybody, but say a a database administrator, right? Database administrators, lots of books are written out. You get trained and you know what to do. Not necessarily the case with hackers. Hackers have to think creatively. They have to be able to think outside the box, to use a (laughs) well-worn cliche. So they have to be able to do problem solving. You know, some of the... Uh, uh, metaphors I like to use is that in uh, for most people who are have to use a computer, that's similar to, say, being able to drive the car. You know, if you just have to use the computer for whatever, you know, sending emails, browsing the web, getting information, you know, sending, you know, creating documents, that's very similar to just being able to drive the car. On the other hand, a hacker has to not only know how to drive the car, but they have to know how to disassemble the car and then reassemble it as well <laughs> and 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 still have it work at the end of it. So it's, it's a whole different skill set than. Most people who are using computers that we have to be able to tear it down to tear the car down to every little piece and then rebuild it and have it still work at the end of it. So that's the kind of skill set that requires that to be an effective hacker. And it requires this kind of problem solving analytical skills that are relatively rare. You know, one of the things that early in my life that I did is that I was I was an automobile mechanic, and I think that was some of the best preparation that I <laughs> that I did for being a hacker because you know you have to be able when you're an automobile mechanic you have to be able to diagnose the problem, then take the car apart and figure out how to put it back together. Hence my metaphor about the car. <laughs> yeah, that kind of analytical thinking, you know, is uh, one of the keys to being a good
1: hacker. So the question always is, and I don't want to interrupt if you want to say something else, is Is it by nature or can you learn it?
0: I think it can be learned, but I think there's like so many things in life. You know, there's an element of both nature and in being able to acquire the skills. So there are some people who just they need a cookbook. They're never going to be able to be problem solvers. I mean, that's just not not going to be part of their part of their makeup. But most people can if they're trained and spend lots of time practicing at it. So it requires a lot of practice. It means breaking things down to the component pieces, okay? Understanding how they work and then putting them back together. And I would say that diagnostics are the key to being a good hacker. And diagnostics are how does this thing work and what's going wrong with it now. And I would say that that skill is critical if you're an auto mechanic, if you're a medical doctor, if you're a hacker, those are all require good diagnostic skills. And I think that, you know, that is one of those skills that we can't overlook. That is, you, you, you there are some areas and some s- some disciplines where it's not that important. But in this area, it's key to being able to be a good hacker. These diagnostic and problem-solving analytical skills that uh, make for being able to understand how things work, how I can take them apart, and how I can put them back together and make them work. So that's number one. Number two, I think, is persistence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We haven't even got technical yet, yeah.
0: We haven't got technical yet. Persistence. You know, you don't give up. You don't give up! Right? You just keep at it, and you keep at it, and you keep at it, because, you know, unlike other disciplines, the first time, it's not necessarily going to work. Unlike, you know, in the YouTube videos and the tiktok videos <laughs> where everything works in 30 seconds or less yeah. right in hacking it might take you weeks months years okay to get what you want so you gotta have persistence you don't you don't give up once you see some type of failure
1: never give up Yeah, I think you used the example of Stuxnet last time. It was another interview. It was like five years or something crazy.
0: Yeah, it was, you know, it's how long they actually worked on it internally. We don't know exactly, but we know externally they worked three years to get it to work. So it had been out in the wild before three years before it actually did what it was supposed to do. So I've heard figures of five and seven years, but we know for sure at least three years. And that's, you know, for most, People who are starting out in hacking, they can't comprehend that kind of time frame. But how long it takes to be able to get inside of highly secure systems. There's lots of systems out there that are not highly secure. Those, yes, you can do those in 30 seconds or 60 seconds or six weeks, right? The highly secure systems, you have to be persistent to get inside. In the YouTube videos and in the books, you know, what we do is that we show you insecure systems because that's the place to start. You know, one of the things you need to do is you need to be able to hack a system that's insecure and Understand how that works, and also have the joy of actually taking control of a yeah. system and hacking it. So once that happens, then you get you get hooked on it. Right? Once once you've been able to hack a system, a real system, then there's a certain amount of addiction that takes place. That you want you then you start getting into it and finding different ways of doing it. I know that's one of the criticisms that people have about the YouTube videos and books and I'm one of those people is that they often are working with insecure systems but that's where you start right that's where you start and then you move up into more secure and more secure and more secure systems as you go
1: along I think it's like any discipline you know in in networking as an example if you gave people like a really complex network they would they couldn't even start you got to give them the most basic stuff just so that a quick, quick win once you right. have a quick have win, a- then it motivates
0: you. Yeah, exactly. Once you have a quick win, then you can you can ke- move on to the more difficult stuff and keep on building upon that success. So those are the kind of the skills that are necessary. At least I think are necessary to uh, be successful in the industry in terms of non-technical skills. M- more of a mindset that is necessary to be able to what often are referred to as intangible skills. And I have those in Getting Started to Become a Master Hacker, by the way.
1: <laughs> so you yeah. cover that kind of stuff in this book as well, don't you? Because you, I, you I teach do. mindset and then you get technical, right? Yeah.
0: Exactly. And now let's get technical. So I, I do have that in the book. So I think it goes without saying, you know, that you need to have some basic computer skills. You, know, you need to know how to use a computer. That's You can do simple things like create a document and browse the web and send emails and what have you. That's... And, and then you have maybe what's covered in, say, like an A-plus class, uh, the, the CompTIA A-plus, that level of skill. So you understand a little bit how it's going on behind the scenes. So that's what I would say. You know, If you're starting off in this industry and you're looking at certifications, maybe the first one you do is A-plus. Then you need to have some networking skills. This covers nicely the network plus the CompTIA network plus. It's a kind of a basic networking certification. I like that as a it kind of create a foundation of skills that you need. So this is where you, you're gonna start from. This is this is we're not even getting into cybersecurity or security at all. We're just creating some foundational skills. Next, I would put on there Linux skills. Of course, I have the book Linux based. For hackers, which is designed specifically for that purpose,
1: right? What about like uh, Linux Plus or something like that from Comte? I mean, I suppose if you after search it, you know that can help you. I suppose, but yeah. otherwise, you get a book. Yeah.
0: I would say that Linux Plus is a good certification to have, but you don't have to have a, a certification for any of these. But those are good certifications to kind of to validate the fact that you know what's necessary to take the next step. You've done a, a several recent uh, videos on virtualization, I think that's something that you know you need to have those skills and that knowledge of how to virtualize a system. Because you know, many times in a training environment, learning environment, you don't want to go out and be hacking systems in the real world. That's dangerous and that's illegal. Right? So what you do is you create systems internally on your own internal network that you can practice your hacking on, and to be able to do that effectively you need to understand the virtualization systems that are out there the parallels the virtual box the vmware so and they're they're similar they're not exactly the same but they're similar but understanding the basics of how they work will really help you in being able to practice your craft on a daily basis
1: i love what you said because in our interview you said you know build your own little network and so you don't get into trouble um build something that you can test with and yeah so virtualization is is like one of those basic skills isn't it today exactly it's a basic it, yeah you know, you know.
0: Yeah, that way you can stay entirely internal. You're not out there getting yourself into trouble. You can put different OSs in there, practice on different OSs, different types of servers, and before you have to actually go into a real-world environment of pen testing, what have you. So, and of course, you can always put in different levels, you know, the easy ones to the more difficult ones. But you can't do that if you don't understand the basics of virtualization. It's also important that, you know, virtualization has become one of those those foundational skills of just working in the IT industry yeah, exactly. in 2022, right? And so you need to understand how these systems work and what they can do and what they can't do. Next, I really think that you need to have a Wireshark TCP dump type of background. So Wireshark is, yeah, Wireshark is a, a sniffer, as you know, and allows you to do analysis of packets as they're going across the wire. And it's not necessarily one of those things you're required to have, but i I would say it's recommended that you have because you can analyze the traffic and the packets in a way that you can't with any other tool. So you can see what's traversing the network and then analyze it and then alter it, edit it, block it, sniff it. Twist it, pull it. All these things are possible with Wireshark that uh, you can't do. Well, there's other tools similar to Wireshark, but the idea is to have a, what's often referred to as a protocol analyzer or sniffer to be able to see the traffic on a network to be able to manipulate that traffic.
1: So I'll say this, I've put, I'll put, i put a link below. I've done a whole bunch of videos with Chris Greer, um, Wireshark, like he, he lives and breathes Wireshark, I think. Um, yeah. So if you want to like, yeah, go on. He's, and he's written the book on Wireshark, I think. No, he no, he hasn't written a book. I don't think he's. Um, I don't know if you've seen this book. I don't know. I do. Is I do see. That. I is do. This, is that this the one you were you were going to recommend, or was it a different one?
0: No, I was actually I thought Chris had written a book, but Practical Packet and Analysis is a is a good book. It's real simple. It's not specifically for security. It's a good book to get started with in Wireshark. Now, I also have a chapter in Getting Started to Become a Master Hacker on Wireshark as well. You can get a little introduction a primer to Wireshark. So that's the second or the fifth skill. Next, we have security concepts and technologies. So this would be something that might be covered by a certification like Security Plus. Now security Plus is, once again, a CompTIA introductory level certification. It introduces you to the concept. So you know what's going on in the field of security. So here's the first time that we're moving into cyber security. All the other skill sets up to this point have been kind of foundational IT skills. Now we're starting to move into the security concepts and the security plus uh, certification is a good introduction to it. It's It's not simple, but it's, you know, it's ground level of getting into this field. Things like, you know, what is an IDS? What's PKI? What are firewalls? How do they work? What kind of encryption is used? Those are all things that are covered in the Security Plus, and that's a good place to get a good foundation in security concepts that allow you to move
1: to the next level. Don't you have a course on Security Plus? I do. Yes, I I have a course on Security Plus. Yeah. So that's great. So, I mean, I'll put a link below to the, on you. So you've got a course on your website, but otherwise, I mean, there's a lot of books, a lot of training out there on Security Plus. But uh, what I really like about your stuff is you don't, and it's a plug for me and it, just for your stuff is you don't approach it from like the typical way you come from like a hacker's mindset on everything, which is great. Exactly. Yeah. I
0: do have a Security Plus boot camp that is uh, available and you know, it's been very popular and it gives people a good foundation of uh, security skills. So moving on, security plus, or just that, you know, the the security skill set, the cyber security skill set, which can be covered in other places, but security plus gives you a good well-rounded foundation in all the terminology, all the technologies. It's not going to make you an expert. In some jobs, it's a requirement. In some, a lot of the government jobs and others is a requirement to get the job. You have to have security plus So just so you know that's out there next i like having scripting skills this is primarily going to be python but it can include things like ruby and and perl early days of hacking we uh, we saw a lot of stuff written in perl and there's still stuff written in perl that's that's out there but perl is largely being deprecated from the industry metasploit is written in ruby so all the metasploit exploits are written in Ruby. Probably 80% to 90% of what goes on in cybersecurity and hacking is done in Python. As we mentioned in another video, Go is coming on. Go is Google's language. It's making inroads into our industry. So uh, right now, I would say learn Python first and then maybe Go afterwards.
1: Yeah, I think, it, you know, that. I, I don't know how you, what your experience is, but like for me, uh, if you learn one language it's much easier to pick up another language because the concepts are the same right
0: so you know once you've learned to program right yeah. it's easy enough to learn a new syntax right that's yeah, exactly. basically it. The difference between the programming languages, there's different syntaxes and different ways of doing things, but the programming is a mindset. And once you've got that mindset, then you can apply it to many different programming languages or scripting languages. Go out and develop that mindset in one of the scripting languages. If you've already got, say, you know, a C background or a C++ background or another language, you'll find Python relatively easy to pick up. Right? So if you didn't learn that in college, but you learned C, you'll find Python pretty easy to work with. Right? And probably easier than C. <laughs> I
1: would say, yeah, I would say. Yes. Yeah.
0: Python is the, is the key. Perl, Ruby, Go are, are secondary or tertiary languages to, to learn after Python in our industry. Next, I'd like to see people have some database skills. Oftentimes, the goal of the hacker is to get to the database, right? Because the database is where there's all the, the goodies are at. <laughs> it's the it's golden fleece of the hacker. That's where you have PII information. That's where you have credit card information. Oftentimes, you need to have some fundamentals of SQL, okay, to be able to get into those database. SQL is the language that is used in databases. To be able to be an effective SQL injection hacker, you need to have some basic SQL skills. SQL is a pretty easy language to learn, easier than some of the others that we've mentioned, like Python or C. It's really a basic language of logic, of extracting information from a database. And it varies slightly between different database manufacturers, whether it be MySQL or SQL Server or DB2. But 80% of it, something like that, is the same between each of them. So if you learn that language, you can apply it to other ones and just pick up the small differences between them. So when you're attacking a database, you gotta have, you should have some basic SQL skills and you have to know what, type of database you're attacking to apply the proper SQL to it. Next, you need to have a little bit of a web application, you need to understand how web applications are built oftentimes as a hacker we need we're attacking the web application and if you understand how those web applications are built, you have a better chance of being able to break them. You know, that's one of the things that the Vicky Lee, that's her name, who did the who's done the A bug bounty hacking book does for you. She basically shows you how to break the the various web applications. For bug bounty hunting, breaking web applications is the primary. Area where people are making their money is in breaking web applications. So she kind of shows you how things are built and how they can be broken, how to test a web application. And so you can, you really can only be effective in making money as a bug bounty hunter if you have these web application skills and know how to break them. I like my people to have a forensic background. I I like my people to have a forensic background because if you don't know what can be extracted about you, okay, as a hacker, then you can't keep yourself safe. You need to understand what the other side is doing. You know, one of the things that we always talk about is that we want our defensive people, the people who are involved in in defending networks to have a hacking background so they understand what the hacker is doing. And I recommend that they also have a forensic background, okay, that could be network forensics, that could be you know, just the standard law enforcement forensics as well, so that you understand what you're leaving behind every time you go into a system. What can people find out about you every time you're on the internet? What can they find out about you when you actually enter a system? If you know that, you can better avoid that. And I, I did a class recently on remaining anonymous on the internet.
1: And one and of the we things. Should, that, I was going to just interrupt you. I was thinking about that. So, everyone, please comment below. Do you want Occupy the Web to do a video where he tells us how to be anonymous online?
0: I'd be happy to do that. Okay, maybe that's the next one we do. Um, so, I think forensics, understanding forensics, whether it be. Whether it be network forensics, whether it be law enforcement forensics, those are all important to understand so that you can better avoid you know, being detected
1: in those environments. If you don't know what you're leaving behind, you can't avoid it. And what for someone, if someone hasn't got that background, how can they acquire that knowledge?
0: Well, of course, I teach classes in all of those.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I like that plug, well done.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I teach OSINT, I teach network forensics, and I teach the standard forensics. We actually have the standard forensics coming up this winter. So it'll be coming out like January, February. I think we have both digital forensics and advanced digital forensics in January and February at Hackers Rise. So if you're interested in forensics, which I think as a hacker is important, right? If you you need to know, as I mentioned earlier, you need to know what you're leaving behind as evidence if you're going to be anonymous.
1: And you mentioned OSINT there. Is that part of that or is that some another skill yeah. that's coming up? Well, yeah.
0: it's a separate course at OSINT. So we have OSINT, we have digital forensics, we have advanced digital forensics, and we have network forensics. So there are four different forensics courses that uh, we offer to be able to train the hacker in what kind of evidence can be gathered about them. Then next is cryptography. Cryptography, and when I say cryptography, I don't mean being able to be a cryptographer. What I mean is that we need to understand the the various cryptographic algorithms. We understand what they are, how they can be used. We need to understand PKI. We need to understand these things that are used both as a to secure data, and of course, as a hacker, how to break. Those algorithms, right? How to break cryptography? I just got done teaching a class in cryptography. It's called Cryptography Basics for Hackers, which might become a book somewhere in the future.
1: <laughs> you better start writing. You've got lots of books to write.
0: I, I, I write every day, um, so I have oh, a lot oh, of books. I have okay. a lot of books to write. So this might be a, a book in the future. I really want to write SDR for hackers. Um, yeah, that'd be another good future. one.
1: Yeah,
0: I think that there's really nobody has written that yet, and uh, I want—I think it would have a be well received. And I've in my upcoming Network Basics for Hackers, I have um, a chapter on Software Defined Radio for Hackers in that book. So I think that's probably the the most important skill sets. Of course, you know the, these are things that we want to develop as a foundation to become a hacker. Of course, there's lots of other skills of trying to learn the tools that we have in our industry. But I think if you've developed this mindset and these basic skills, you'll go far within this industry.
1: I love that. And I mean, what's nice, you've given like a roadmap. So start with A+, and then go to network plus, and then Linux virtualization. I mean, it—it it, I think it's fantastic. I mean, you, you can't understand like Wireshark if you don't understand networking. You have to have some understanding of networking. And I love that you went to cryptography at the end, which is like, you know, public, private keys, symmetric, asymmetric encryption can be quite tough to understand if you don't understand basic stuff. And hashing. And hashing. Hashing,
0: you know, all of our passwords are all hashed So You got to understand how the hashing works to be able to break the hashes.
1: I think that's fantastic. I mean, um, you you obviously teach courses in like almost all of us, I think.
0: I do. I teach courses in just about all of us.
1: So just for everyone who's watching, if you... One, books, has again a list of books that uh, we, we discussed in a previous video, which I'll link below. Top books to get if you don't wanna attend a class, you prefer reading, but there's so much good stuff out there. And um, I always wanna plug Occupy the Web's website because he gives us so much fantastic information for free on YouTube. Uh, Occupy the Web, I really wanna thank you once again You know for sharing. And, uh, you know, this is what's so cool about this for me, personally, you've got 20 years experience or whatever it is, like decades of experience, and yet you willing just to share it with the next generation. So thanks so much for doing that.
0: Well, you're welcome, David. I always enjoy being on your show.
1: Just for everyone who's um, watching, put in the comments below as always, things that you want to see, how to stay invisible online might be another a good video. Occupy the Web's got so much knowledge, uh, such a broad and deep knowledge of all these topics. So, I really want to get him back for lots and lots of interviews. So, please put comments below, stuff that you'd want us to see. Occupy the Web, thank you.
0: Thanks, David.